Hello and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and a supporter of people seeking recovery. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you, so let's take a look at today's stories. With a quick trigger warning, that today's episode will be talking about addiction and alcoholism. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365 with MXM Tune. Today, in 1935, Alcoholics Anonymous was founded in Akron, Ohio. Now it's estimated that over 2 million people are members of the International Mutual Aid Group. Alcoholics Anonymous, or AA, is a program that helps people stay sober or achieve sobriety. For alcoholics, staying sober isn't just about saying no. When you drink alcohol, the brain releases naturally occurring opioids called endorphins, which causes the high feeling people feel when they drink. Endorphins are also naturally released when eating or exercising, but for some people, this release from drinking can become addictive. Some people's brains release more natural opioids when drinking than others, which makes the risk of addiction more common. Many studies show that a predisposition to alcoholism can be genetically passed down, too. What made AA notable is that it's mostly a non-religious group. Before AA, many programs for getting sober had a religious or spiritual component, which works for some people, but for others, it can be alienating. In 1935, a New York stockbroker named Bill Wilson joined a faith-based group of people trying to get sober, but since he wasn't particularly religious, the system didn't work for him. He went to the hospital to detox, and his doctor, William Duncan Silkworth, told him that perhaps his efforts to get sober would be more successful if his treatment emphasized the science behind alcoholism rather than the faith. Later, on a business trip to Akron, Wilson met a surgeon named Bob Smith, who also disclosed his struggle with alcohol addiction. As the two men talked, Smith admitted that despite his medical profession, he never thought of alcoholism as a medical issue rather than an issue of willpower. When Smith began approaching his addiction as a medical issue rather than a personal weakness, he experienced a breakthrough on his road to recovery. On this day in 1935, Smith had his last drink. So now, AA marks today as its anniversary. Together, Smith and Wilson worked with Akron City Hospital to help alcoholics get sober. Back in New York, Wilson founded a similar group for people seeking sobriety in a city. Then another group sprouted up in Cleveland. Within four years, these three men had helped 100 people get sober. In 1939, Smith and Wilson published a book called Alcoholics Anonymous, the story of how more than 100 men have recovered from alcoholism. They wanted to remain anonymous because of the stigma associated with alcoholism, so they signed their names, Bill W. and Dr. Bob. This book gave the name Alcoholics Anonymous to the network of local communities that followed their methods. The book was also the first time a 12-step program was used to help people through recovery. This approach has since been adapted for people recovering from drug addiction, gambling, sex addiction, or disordered eating. The original text of the 12 steps does reference God, but the wording is deliberate to allow each member to relate the steps to their own relationship with spirituality. Each time God is mentioned, it's qualified with the phrase, God, as we understood him. The 12 steps ask people to acknowledge that their lives had, quote, become unmanageable, 
make amends to people whom their alcoholism has harmed, and to help people recover once they achieve sobriety. Now, the only requirement for someone to join AA is that they want to stop drinking. The group is non-denominational, non-professional, and apolitical. AA meetings have helped a lot of people over the last seven years, but the program doesn't work for everyone. Plus, the group was initially founded as a men's organization, which meant that many aspects of the foundational text were geared specifically towards heterosexual men. For example, there was a chapter on members' relationships with their wives. However, a woman named Margaret Marty Mann emerged as a champion for women who wanted to get sober. AA groups for women emerged as early as the 1940s, and she wrote a chapter for the AA book called Women Suffer Too, which has been printed in the second edition and beyond. By 1944, she organized the National Committee for Education on Alcoholism, which still exists today under the name National Council of Alcoholism and Drug Dependence. This advocacy group was responsible for getting the American Medical Association to define alcoholism as a medical condition, which helped reduce the stigma around getting help. Many co-ed AA groups exist, but some people choose to join gender-specific groups if it makes them feel more comfortable in discussing their experiences. Today, there are over 100,000 AA groups across 175 countries. If you or a loved one is looking to get sober, you can call the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration's 24-7 hotline at 1-800-622-4357. Now let's talk about music. For today's music fact, we have a very special guest who I am a big fan of. Kay Flay is here to talk about music in their life. What's up? This is Kay Flay. And seven years ago today, I released my debut record, Life is a Dog. And that was a really, really pivotal moment for me in my life and my career. I had gotten dropped from my record label the previous fall. And I was kind of just like spinning out, <laughs> trying to figure out what kind of music I wanted to make where I wanted to live, who I wanted to be. And in the process of sorting through all that, I crowdfunded a record and really reconnected with my instincts and my sensibility. And I think in many ways, my, my vision for my career as it moved forward. And it was a really beautiful thing. And that summer I played Warp Tour and had one of the most impactful summers of my life. This is a really special day to me and I'm happy to celebrate. It's a seven year anniversary, which is one year in dog years. So, you know, you can do the math. And now for today's final segment, I'll be going back into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a June 10th in my life. June 10th seems to be a dry day in the history of my life. However, on June 10th, 2020, I took a selfie for Pride Month. I believe I was part of a TikTok campaign last year um, around queer creators, and I tried to make my makeup look as gay as I possibly could. Um, I did a couple looks. One of them I did pink and orange on my eyelids, which conveniently ended up looking 
a little bit like the lesbian pride flag. And then I also did one that I had blue, pink, and purple. So it had the bi flag on my eyelids. But it was very fun. I love Pride Month. I think it's, it's such a great month. And I'm so happy that I am able to express my identity and also be able to do that and inspire other people to do the same. Um, so yeah, happy Pride Month, everybody. I hope that you are able to find solace and comfort in queerness if that is something you identify with. Um, I know that I'm very happy to be out and um, to be surrounded by such incredible people every June and beyond. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from the past. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff. No, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.